Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. They have to understand I chose to, to stay in my country because I'm French. And the I've got a problem with soccer, to be fair. Put ball. What I can guarantee to you is that they want to keep everything secret. House of Champions, YouTube friends, dropping your comments and questions in that chat and make sure you smash the like and subscribe buttons as we preview the quarterfinals of World Cup Qatar 2022. In the House of Champions today, Michael LaHood, golf clap, James Bench, golf clap, Nigel Rio Coker, golf clap. Boys, how you doing? Nigel, I'll start with you, man. Good, thank you. Looking forward to it very much so. Nice little day to rest and get back into it. All right, that's enough from you. Let's move on to James Bench. James, are you okay? You look a little down right now. Are you a little bit sad about something around it's, what's happening it, with Arsenal right now or what's going on? No, it's just my new dark blue background. That's all. I, li- I like just, it. See, so look. Yeah, I know. It's exactly. It's started a trend. <laughs> Is James wearing like a velvet jumper? I am. Velvet jumper. Yeah, it could be, yeah. Nice, it is very nice. And he's got and he's gone for the Spurs background. You notice that he's got the Tottenham Hotspur <laughs> blue background there. Michael Lewis, how are you doing, buddy? I'm um, grand, man. It, it, it's good to get a couple of days. It's it's almost surreal not to have a match. I mean, was it 17 straight days with a match? Now a couple of days off. So lots to think about, lots to chew on. Yeah, a lot of memes going on right now with no soccer taking place or football taking place right now. It was very weird sitting down and just looking at the TV thinking like, this time yesterday I was watching a live game. Now there's no games going on. It is completely weird. But let's take a look at the quarterfinals. They are set up perfectly. We are going to see some cracking matchups. Before we get into it, James Bench, which one outside of England catches your attention the most? Um, I mean, it's England, isn't it? England is the big game, obviously. I outside of England, James. I like the look of Portugal, Morocco. I think you could make a case that that is after England, France. That's the most balanced game, uh, and the one that that might kind of have an underdog winning it. I, I, I think kind of the other side of the bracket. I mean, we're all just waiting, aren't we, for that inevitable semi-final between Argentina and Brazil and I don't see there being much reason to think that either of those two teams won't get through so I think Portugal-Morocco should be the best game of the round other than England you obviously did not watch House of Champions yesterday because Nigel Rio Coker and Michael Hood are predicting (laughs) that the Netherlands will beat Argentina Nigel explain yourself before we get into it (laughs) I don't need to explain myself you said to James outside of England and James still went to England um, for me, I really do think I in Van Gaal I trust. I'm telling you, I think it's going to be a Dutch masterclass. I think the pressure of Argentina is going to weigh heavily on these players again. They're getting deeper into the tournament. They know what's at stake. I think sometimes, like our great producer has said, Des, and I didn't take into account, but he's right. They get too emotional. 
And I think with this game, with how big it is, the magnitude, I think the emotions are going to come in again on the players. While the Dutch have always been seen as a dark horse and no one really expecting them to do so well. And they've done well up to this point. And I just think Luis van Gaal, tactically mm -hmm. as a manager, is way more experienced than my old teammate, Lionel Scaloni. And I think there is potential upset there. Potential is a great word to use, obviously, when you're mm. predicting something like this. Michael Hood, explain yourself, because you're also on board with that, right? Yeah, it's the potential and the power of the, the front three for this Dutch attack. Watching that game, and yes, it was against the U.S. men's national team, but watching that game, how fast they got forward, every time they got in the final third, it, it was the anticipation of a goal. And I look at the play of Denzel Dumfries, who was the star of that game. I think he can get after this Argentina back line, an Argentina team that doesn't finish the games strong against it was their last match that they played. Wasn't as convincing to finish the game. It was almost hoping, praying the referee would blow the final whistle. I just wonder tactically if Argentina matches the Dutch with a back five, but in addition to the Argentina-Netherlands game, the game that is mouthwatering and has become a surprise matchup, Morocco-Portugal. That is not going to be an easy game for the Portuguese. Still a lot of question marks surrounding the locker room atmosphere for Portugal. Didn't really impact them on the field, but which Ronaldo will show up? Will that overshadow this Portuguese team? Because you know he is a ticking time bomb. It's shown in the past. Will it show in the future? Spoken like a true Manchester United fan right there, Michael Hood. Well said. Well done. Well done. All right, let's get into the first game to look forward to. It is the Netherlands against Argentina. You've already heard from Nigel Rio Coker and Michael Hood as far as what they expect to see from the Netherlands. But James Benge, I'm hoping you're on my side here. I am watching an Argentina side that are just getting slowly better and better. I'm watching Julian Alvarez uh, partnering with Lionel Messi and making that look like a partnership from heaven. We are seeing probably the best Julian Alvarez we have seen for a long time now. He's playing consistent football at a World Cup for Argentina. But he is making a big difference, and Lionel Messi is Lionel Messi. The rest of this Argentina side is still incredibly good. This is going to be a very tough task for any Netherlands side to try and beat this Argentina side. Are you, are you with me on this? I'm 100% with you, Ian. I, I, some of the nonsense I've just heard from my, <laughs> my colleagues about the Dutch. You think, you think this was Johan Cruyff, Robin van Persie, Dennis Bergkamp, and... <laughs> Frank De Boer all rolled into one team. They're Thank you. Ordinary <laughs> team. I mean, you know, you, you kind of look at the way they played against the US men's national team, who I thought had a good game. And, you know, if that early chance from Christian Pulisic had gone in, I think they might well have won that game. Hmm. You know, this is a, a team that, that kind of have set themselves their stall out as very passive, a bit cautious, happy to play on the counter-attack. Well, I don't really see how that works against Argentina, who have these physical, imposing centre-backs in Romero, in um, Otamendi or, or Lucho, uh, Lucho Martinez. You know, those guys are going to be more than happy to, to, to knock counter-attacking forwards off their stride. The Dutch don't hold possession very well and Argentina love to keep the ball and dominate and they've been getting better and better game in, game out. Depau, Alexis McAllister, they are finding Messi in these spots where he can he can create damage. So I look at this and I think it would be a big shock if Argentina lost. They, they, they have a, a level up to go. We still haven't seen how they kind of dominate teams. I think they're a bit happy with one nils. That would be my criti criticism of them, but like compared to the criticisms I have of the Dutch. Just rolling it in. Uh, yeah, no, this, just, I mean, there are so many. I, we've, I've not got time yeah. to lay all them out. Well, yeah, we, I think, we, we I don't think have this, the time. 
I think this is a Netherlands team that has been without one of their best players, not at full strength. And we finally got to see Memphis Depay at full strength against the U.S. men's national team. When you have your leading goal scorer not fully fit in the group stages and you finally get the full ambiance of him, the, the full slate of him in the knockout round game, it, it makes me really excited to see what this Dutch team can do. I look at that front three. Does he go Bergvine? Does he go Depay and Gakko? I think that is the front three that could give this Argentine midfield and backline nightmares. In transition, that is the question mark I have with Argentina. That midfield three has been sublime. McAllister, Enzo Fernandez, and now DePaul. I could see Argentina shifting to a, a five back five man back line, making those three in the midfield and then two up top with Messi and Alvarez running in behind. I think that is them at their best to go against why the would Dutch. They do, they've, they've not done that in years. Well, they, why would they fear this Netherlands? Side they did that at that. the end of the Australia game. That's what they shifted to. They were under the cost, so it was man management when you're in the game to tactically make that change. I understand and respect that, but but why would they start this game on a back foot, though? Go ahead, Michael, sorry. No, no, they they won't start. I'm not saying they'll start the game, but I could see them shifting to that to manage the game. I I think this this is an Argentine team that is happy to see any which way to get the win any which way. It's a knockout round. It's not for aesthetics. It's about getting the result. But I, I just wonder, in transition, I think this Dutch team has a bit more athleticism to punish them when they get a half chance. Michael, I'm with you. And James, just for the record, no one said that this is a super individually talented Dutch side. The Dutch have always been consistent in producing players. What we said is, this is a good Dutch team. If you're going to say the same thing about the Dutch... We can easily say the same thing about Croatia. They haven't blown up any trees, but yet they're still in the quarterfinals. And I'm sure there's a lot of sides who we highly regarded to do so well who are out of the World Cup on the plane back home. The thing about the Dutch, like I said, is Louis van Gaal is a manager who is using the players that he has available to the best of their ability to make it work in a team dynamic. We're not going to see, we're not seeing individual brilliances, but you both will be very naive if you don't think Argentina are going to respect the Dutch and change certain elements, like Michael is saying, because this is going to be the Dutch, Argentina's toughest game of this tournament so far. They got slapped in the face because they were very arrogant against Saudi Arabia. The athleticism of Saudi Arabia, the ability to break forward, caused problems. The Dutch are a different breed. And if you think these Dutch players are not going to be motivated to play against Argentina with the big rivalry between the two nations already and to want to get one over Lionel Messi... It's, no one's saying that. You're foolish because this is knockout football now. Forget everything you did before. This is knockout football now. And it's a yeah. different mentality and a different mindset. I think for me, yes, the Dutch haven't been great. We haven't seen them look like a complete team. The only team we've seen look like a complete team, two teams in my opinion, is Brazil, France and Portugal yesterday. Those three teams. That's it. Complete All right. team. All right, but. shut up, shut up, Nigel. Man. All right, that, that's enough. We've, we've heard from you. All right, listen, I, I am a, I'm with you, James. I'm not going to let them just ram Roji here. There's no chance. I understand and I respect what you're saying. I, I love your opinions. I also see Natalie jumping in and saying that she disagrees with James on the Netherlands. They have shown quality. Sure, they've shown quality. They've shown quality in, in games against Qatar and yeah, Ecuador a little bit and yes, Senegal a little bit. But then the USA wasn't a hard task for them. This is not a good good Dutch side, in my opinion. This is a Van Howe masterclass against the United States of America that made it look easy. The USA did not play well in that game. This is a different 
animal you're playing against. You're playing against an Argentina side that are full of quality. They're hungry. They have an appetite for success. And you're saying that the, the Netherlands, just because Van Hal tactics are just going to go in there and tactically win this game. Sure, they could win it over 120 minutes. Sure, they could win it over 90 minutes if Argentina do not show up. If Argentina show up, there is no freaking way, no way that this Netherlands team will be able to beat them. No chance whatsoever. Argentina are too mm. good. Across the board, they're too good. Yeah, they're this too good against Saudi side, Arabia too, this right? Netherlands, yeah, I, they were too this good. Netherlands side, this <laughs> Netherlands side, I will repeat myself on and on until I finish my point. This Netherlands side <laughs> is not the group that we have witnessed in historic past. It is not. not we never said it was. Up top, nowhere near as dangerous as they once were in history. I don't mm. believe in it at all. You're you're actually buying into the hype because they beat the United States of America. I'm not really buying into the hype of that. You, Nigel. Really I'm not buying into the hype of that. I'm not buying into the hype of that. I'm just saying, you're saying all that about Argentina. Where was that same energy when they got beat by Saudi Arabia? But that was this a fluke. Well, it oh, was, that a was a complete fluke. Was like, it wasn't a knockout game. It was a group that. game. First one. Okay, it's, it's no problem. They still had uh, paper on paper. They still had way too much quality, way too much experience. They should have never lost to Saudi Arabia. Full stop. If we're going to look agree. at it that way, we can say the same thing. I just think, like I said, I'm not saying this Dutch side is super individually talented. It's not. It's yeah. a good team and it's well coached. I feel that this is going to be the toughest task that Argentina have to face. And when I look at those Dutch players and if how they, they get play, through this game, Nigel, they'll play Brazil in a semi-final. And you're saying that the Netherlands we're not will be the crowning. We're not on. crowning the Dutch team as World Cup champions just Thank yet you, because they beat the U.S. men's national team. Thank we're you. saying we're saying who the Dutch have played. Let's look at who Argentina has played. Give me a break. Saudi Arabia, okay, surprise them. Poland, crap. Mexico, bigger crap. Australia, surprise team of the World Cup. I mean, we're really going to give Argentina all this credit? Exactly. Because, I mean, come what on. What about when they, come on. When they're, they're they're not, Brazil in the Copa America and beat them? We're, we're going back to the Copa America to crown this Argentina team? Different tournament. No, it's, it's a, a different team. Ago. Angel Di Maria isn't even healthy to play. He was one of the stars of that Copa America. We can't go back to that now. Completely. No. Enzo Fernandez wasn't even in the picture. We can't go back to that. So, so you're right. got a better team. midfield. Argentina does. Yeah, then they have I, a year in the Copa America. I'll, I'll give you that. The, I, I love the play. I, I love the play of Enzo Fernandez. I think I'm very high on this guy. I was high on him in the Champions League with Benfica. You can catch him on Paramount Plus this February in the knockout stages. Very high on McAllister in the Premier League, what he's done with Brighton and continues to do with this national team. But when you look at the traje trajectory of what the Dutch potentially have in their favor, they're getting their best player back healthy, has a goal. They have Michael. one of their best Michael. players their best contributing players, and, they, oh. and they stop Argentina from scoring a goal, Michael. Can they stop I don't Argentina think I don't. I think Argentina can get a goal. I think the Dutch can get more than one goal against its Argentina. I am not fully convinced of this Argentine back line just yet. I don't right. think Christian Romero is still 100%. Right, right. I love it. I've got to come in it. here quick. Finish on, James, and then we'll get to yeah. predictions. Go ahead. I mean, this Argentine backline, we've seen keep clean sheets at this tournament and at Copper America. This Dutch strike force, we've seen average nine shots a game. You know, how many did they put up on Qatar? Two. Now, I know that they were, you know, when those that second goal went in, they were felt like they were done. But, you know, same, same against Ecuador. They've played ordinary opposition and they just not look like a team that can score multiple goals against good teams. Like yeah. they are entirely reliant on Memphis Depay being a better player than he is. He's good. He's not great. 
they're reliant on Cody Gakpo being on this bizarre shooting streak where, yeah, if he's going to score every time he shoots the ball, which is what he was doing at the start of the tournament, oh, yeah, the Netherlands could do really well at this competition. But, you know, he's probably not going to. I just Mm -hmm. think the Dutch don't have weapons beyond sort of Denzel Dumfries. And if he wants to come forward, that's fine because Julian Alvarez or Lautaro Martinez will just wait for him to not track back quick enough. Martinez? Yeah. Martinez couldn't, he, he he can't, if he was standing at the beach on the coast of Qatar, he still couldn't score. He's been woeful in front of goal. We can't put him in the mix. Mike, he, came, Mike. he came in and missed sitters. I'm not having Martinez. It's fine. Don't, Don't put Martinez Mike, in Alvarez. It is a great debate. It's a wonderful debate to have because obviously we can see it from both points of view. Again, I'll just finish it off with James's point right there. I was a bit concerned about the Netherlands against the USA, the fact that they gave up so many opportunities to the USA. This is a different team yeah. that will take their chances. You can't afford to give those chances. So I am concerned about the Netherlands giving up goals easily, making mistakes where we have seen them make mistakes already. But they're, you guys are right. I mean, they're a dangerous side going forward. Van Hal really impressed me with his tactics, but I'm really intrigued to see who wins this tactical battle and I'm very surprised that Nigel Rio Coker going against his former teammate and Lionel uh, Scaloni as well it's very, very disappointing. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to the House of Champions finding its way to his death before that game kicks off as well him. so let's get to predictions Nigel give me a score line please and maybe give me a scorer as well I'll go Nigel I'll go Michael seeing as though you're going for the same side here and we'll finish off with James I'm going 2-1 Netherlands who scores oh don't matter who scores, I don't care. See, I'm you can't even give me an Michael. Because you know why? They're a threat yeah. also from set pieces. Let's not forget how good Vigil Van Dijk is as well. Yeah. And Argentinians ain't the best defending set pieces. I'm going 2-1 Netherlands. All right. Don't yeah. care who scores. Yeah, I'm going 2-1 Netherlands as well. I do think Argentina scores. They will knock and knock at that door. I think the likes of either Messi or Alvarez do get the goal for the Argentines. But I think the set-piece factor, the transition factor, will be the difference in this game for the Netherlands. I could see Memphis Depay, Denzel Dumfries with another assist, Memphis Depay with another goal, and Virgil van Dijk. The set piece is waiting there. I think he gets his head on something in the back of the net. The Dutch could see them winning in extra time. Hmm. 2-0 two, two Argentina, uh, Messi scores quite early on, then as the Dutch chase it late on, Lautaro gets them on the counter, 2-0 Argentina. I'm going for more. I think Argentina Ooh. win this game by three goals to one here. I do agree with you. There is a little bit of a threat there from the Netherlands. I do think their game plan will be interesting. But at the end of the day, the quality that Argentina have shown up front, Julian Alvarez, the way he's been performing for Argentina has really excited me. I'd love to see him score another goal, this time in the knockout stages. Nigel, quick comment before we go, because I know you're desperate to add I've something. Enough, listen, I've, I've left this conversation. I can see I you jumping out of I've left this one. I'll wait for it to happen. All right, let's get Get into the next game. Go on and finish on. off quickly. Go it's on. just to say, listen, I think that what people have to understand and listen is always a lot of this changes because at the end of the day, all we remember is who wins. We've watched so many great teams where they've been absolutely awful, but all we remember is they won it. That's what I see in this Dutch side. And I think what we have to understand is we can't compare what happened yesterday or last week's game. It's a different game. It's a different mindset. The yep. Dutch are going to know, that. Um, 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 for me, they're going to know Argentina way more dangerous than USA. There's not going to be a messing around. They're going to be tighter. They might just be clearing their lines early not to give them any kind of rhythm or chance or opportunities. And they know they're going to have to be more clinical. These are the messages we have to understand are going to come from good managers in the dressing room knowing it's a different opposition you're facing and it's different levels of concentration and a different factor to these games. That's it. 
Yep, I, I think that first goal is going to be very important to that point yeah. right there. Very, very important. Whoever gets that first goal, whoever, whoever takes that early chance will really open up this game. And let's hope we get an early goal so that we do get the best game possible. All right, we've got to move on to Brazil against Croatia. Obviously, Croatia are the kings of the knockout rounds, especially when it comes to penalty shootouts and taking teams to extra time. Um, this is Brazil, though, and this is a completely different animal. James, we'll start with you. I mean, um, as far as I'm concerned, we're not seeing the same Croatia that we witnessed in 2018. They are a lot more vulnerable. They don't necessarily have those killer instincts up top like they shown four years ago. Um, Brazil probably should be too much for them, or am I mistaken here? I completely agree with you that Brazil should probably be too much. And look, this will sound like the jealous rantings of an Englishman, but I'm not sure that we aren't <laughs> seeing the same Croatia we saw four years ago. I mean, after all, they didn't win a game in 90 minutes in the knockout round back then either. You know, as I, I tweeted a few days ago, they haven't won a knockout game in 90 minutes since 1998. They're just, a, I think they, they really kind of, as much as they dominate possession and it looks quite neat and it lulls you into somewhere between boredom and sort of a, a begrudging impressive, you know, I'm somewhat impressed by them. The, the possession they have, it's not very penetrative. And I think they've probably got the worst matchup possible against Brazil because this Brazil team, it's not Argentina. It's not Spain. If they got through, they don't feel like they need the ball. They'll perfectly happily let you pass it in front of them because their defense is really solid you pass it in front of them for as long as you want and then they'll get it back and Vinicius, Rafinha and that lot will be flying down the other end before you know it. I think this is a really tough match for Croatia. If you're Zlatko Dalic, if you're Luka Modric, Dejan Lovren, all these people in the Croatia camp that love to take offence anytime you say anything, I think your team's not very good, mate. You know, they weren't very good against Japan. Brazil were really, really good against South Korea. So I see this going yeah. one way. Um, quite heavily in Brazil's favour. Mm. Nigel? I just think, it, for me, you know, I always look at the product on the pitch. I look at the players. I look at the application. I look at their, their facial expression, body language, and all that comes with it. I still stick by what I've said from the start of this tournament. I see a very focused Brazil side. I think that they are super focused, regardless of the opponent. Their job is and their goal is to win this World Cup. I don't see them taking anyone lightly. I don't see them wanting to take it lightly on any team. I see they want to score more goals than the opposition and they want to beat everyone to a pummel to put that respect back on Brazilian football and Brazil as a nation for winning the World Cup and being one of the most dominant nations. That's what I see in all the performances I've seen. Croatia, you can never write them off because for me, Croatia, this team have the quality, have the experience. They do have the capability to cause an upset. But yeah. I think it's just asking too much against this Brazil team right now. If it was not a focused Brazil team, if there was a lot going on on the outside, I could say, yeah, but I don't see that. And I said again, the celebration, forget the dancing. It's the fact also that they got the manager involved in the dancing, which shows how much of a united dressing room they have, how much of Make a one direction and one goal they have as a collective. Even without Neymar playing, they've got the yeah. same goal and they've got enough quality to make it difficult for Croatia. But again, like we always say, Croatia are that team for me where I feel that if they were a heavyweight boxer, they can go the full 10 rounds. But they don't have that energy for that knockout punch. And I think them going into extra time against Japan will definitely be a toll on them that Brazil can expose if they start high, high energy, high press and explosive in the first 15, 20 minutes. I can see Brazil getting the job done. Mm -hmm. When I think of this Brazilian team, yes, Neymar is the headliner. 
But what I like about them, what I think gives them the edge, is you have other players who have gotten goals. In that last game against South Korea, complete team performance. May was done after the first goal. What makes them so difficult to play against is their ability to press and back press from the front. That second goal, the penalty kick that Richarlison, who puts on the S on it, maybe it's the R, maybe not the S, but the S on his chest for Superman, Super Richarlison, maybe an SR when he plays for Brazil. This man is hungry. This man is playing like he's playing for his entire family. All these players are playing for more than themselves. They have a sense of nationalistic pride when they put on this Brazilian shirt. And they just swarm you. They can run. I mean, they they have the audacity to throw five, six players on the counter to get in the box. And then those same five, six players, players who you're not used to seeing defend, get back. Vinicius Jr. running back to tackle someone. Rafinha, I think his unselfish play, unselfish running has been excellent throughout this World Cup. They are a team that have so many weapons. And look at the players they have off the bench that can come in to change a game. Croatia wish they had this sort of depth. For Croatia, from their perspective, they will have a couple things that need to happen. They will need to have Neymar go out on a freaking bender the night before a game. Vinicius Jr. left at the nightclub. You have Rafinha and Richarlison, maybe, you know, food poisoning. Allison, I don't know, loses his eyesight. A lot of things can go in their favor. If all those things happen, then I could see this going. Two penalty kicks and a Croatia win. Not a chance in hell they're winning this game. I really like the point Mike's making. And uh, and just to to maybe give it some statistical underpinning, um, Des threw up a stat there earlier saying, Brazil, I think I've had 78 shots, most of any team in the tournament. That doesn't surprise me in the slightest, but I was... I was looking down the list and actually 75 shots. And actually you have to go all the way down to uh, 29th place or, or joint joint 21st for the player with the most shots if you add them all up at the tournament. And that's Rafinha with just eight. Like this is a, you know, like, like Nigel's been saying, like Mike's been saying, this is an everyone eats offense. Everyone is getting involved in this. They're having their time to shine. And that is, you know, that's the perfect weapon. I think when we kind of, come to, I suspect, compare a semi-final between Argentina and uh, and Brazil, or when we look at France as well, there's just uh, so much more democratization of this Brazil team, which makes it impossible to beat. Because I can stop Richarlison, but maybe I can't stop Rafinha. It's whack-a-mole. And, and I think for Cro- an old Croatia team, it's all going to be too much. James, just a quick question. And now you, you look back on the, the squad selection by all these nations, what is your thoughts now that you saw that Brazil obviously picked nine attacking players yeah it's a really good point isn't it because it, it means they've got the depth to I mean for one to completely change their front line and use their front line heavily that like Mike was saying that front line is working incredibly hard off the ball and you can do that if you if Tite obviously reached the conclusion after you know well before the group stage began that he was not going to play the same forwards against uh against Cameroon, wasn't it? So this team looks fresh and it will look fresh again um, against Croatia. Give, giving yourself options, it, it's never a bad thing. I think sometimes if you're a team like Brazil, or frankly, if you're a team like England is the other example I was going to, like you don't need that many defenders because if you're playing well, your defenders shouldn't have to work that hard. And it never hurts, does it, to have another another forward coming off the bench, you know, a, a smash glass in case of emergency. And And I think... Kind of obviously with Gabriel Jesus, we're now expecting him to be out for, well, we're still working on a timeline, but it's months rather than weeks. Yeah. That maybe is a, a bit of the fly in the ointment because he was, I think, kind of the only other player you could play as a number nine. Maybe if they need to, Neymar steps into that role. But um, 
you know, there's it, it, so many options, aren't there? Like, like Mike said, if anyone's having an off game, you can bring in Anthony, bring in Martinelli, whoever you want. Uh, it's a pretty good position to be in, I have to say. Uh, real quickly, mean, James, quick. Go Just, say. that's the scary thing. We haven't even seen Martinelli get a real run out yet. We've seen yeah. how dangerous he is. Imagine him up. now rested fit. He'll be. It's, I'm telling you, it's ridiculous. Well, it's the same for Neymar, Nigel, as well. When you think about yeah. Neymar, it's really unfortunate. Oh, sorry, his ankle yeah. looks swollen. But then you're thinking, shit, this guy's going to be rested by the time they get to the knockout stages. He's going to be ready to light it up again. And that's exactly what happens. He's come back, maybe not 100%, kind of cruised through that last game. And now you go into this game where you're going to absolutely need him more. I don't think you can underestimate Croatia. I think obviously we're recognizing how good Brazil are and how offensively minded they are, that the shots there that James pointed out, 75 shots is incredible. Um, then you look at the shots on goal. Look at Croatia's shots on goal. It was a great graphic that producer Des put up there. They had, I think it was 46, but half of their attempts were on target. So the efficiency from Croatia is where it's at. They do have dangerous weapons. You can watch it also on Paramount Plus when you watch Luka Modric, Perisic, Kovacic. I mean, they are household names now in this Croatian side who we also recognize did so well four years ago in Russia. This is a different competition. This is a different Brazil and something unique in the air about this Brazil side. And I think it might be Chiche with his chemistry, the way he's dancing, celebrating with his team. As Nigel pointed out, that is so hard to find. To find a coach that buys into you as human beings, that buys into you as a group that allows you to express yourself, to be free, to see that type of celebration from Chiche, as far as I'm concerned, it just told me my odds to put them as a favorite to win this whole freaking thing was probably spot on because it's going to take a hell of a performance from Croatia or anybody else, including Argentina or the Netherlands, who they face in the semifinal. It's going to take a hell of a performance to beat that group of players right there. So really, really incredible. Nigel, you got a question for James? James, were you mad at the dancing, young sir? <laughs> no, no, that's fine. I mean, I definitely couldn't do the dancing. Like, I'll leave it to them. Don't get me involved. Like, if they came up to me at a wedding, I'd just be like, oh, sorry, what was that over there? <laughs> um, I don't believe it for one yeah, minute, ben, James. Ben. It depends on the of course, it. is the correct answer to that question. Um, right. No, I think it's great. I think any, people like Roy Keane that are mad at the dancing, just get out more, mate. Yeah, <laughs> Kino was good on the dance floor back in the day. I can guarantee you that much. All right, let's get a quick prediction. Nigel Rio Coco, we'll start with you. Brazil, give me a score prediction in the game mm. against Croatia. And uh, give me also a goal score if you can. I'm going 3-1 Brazil. Um, Rick Arlison, Neymar. And I'm going to go with Rafinha. Mike? Uh, I go 3-0 Brazil. I think they go early and often show that ruthlessness. Get the starters off the field. Maybe keep them on for the whole game. Don't care. Scoreline stays the same. I see Neymar continuing the goal-scoring form. I love Vinicius Jr. and Richarlson. Richarlson looking hungrier than ever. James Bench. One with Mike. 3-0 Brazil. Maybe two for Neymar and then one mm. for Anthony or one of the forwards that come off the bench. Yeah. You know, I think this will be... Out of sight quite quickly. We're going to look so stupid if this goes wrong, aren't we? <laughs> well, Matt Osman, thinks, Matt Osman thinks that Croatia are going to use Brazil's dancing as fuel. Maybe they can get Roy Keane in to do a quick prep talk in the, <laughs> the dressing room before the game. Also saying Roy Keane would have been mad if they didn't dance. Roy Keane was mad about the dancing, says Ali as well. Thanks to everybody for jumping in the comments. Uh, we appreciate you. 2-1 to Croatia, says Jimmy Survivor. He says, Brazil... They're way too soft. I'll check in a little bit later on, Jimmy. Let's chat with you after this game takes place. We really look forward to it. It's going to be a cracking game regardless. Let's hope it's a good performance from both sides. Let's hope Croatia turn up on the day 
and make it an interesting watch. All right, we're going to take a quick break. More to come from us when we come back. We take a look at Saturday's games in the World Cup quarterfinals. You are watching House of Champions. Don't stop watching the world's best soccer. Stream every match of the UEFA Champions League live on Paramount+. Plus. It's soccer's ultimate annual competition, not for country, but for club. Sign up today for 50% off an entire year using the code ALLYEAR at ParamountPlus.com slash sports. Welcome back to House of Champions. Ian Joy, Nigel Rio Coker, Michael LaHood, James Bench, all in the house. We're going to turn our attention now to France against England. Should we go there? Should we go there? Nigel Real Coker, should we go there? Let's go there. All right, <laughs> France, looking forward to this one. Obviously, um, Mbappe's form is, is grabbing a lot of headlines, stealing the headlines right now with his goal score. And I didn't think he was great up until the fact he scored a goal in the last round. Um, but this is a France side that is very dynamic. They have a lot of players playing well in midfield, out in the wings, defensively, solid, good goalkeeper as well, who's making some very, very big saves for them. How do England beat this France side, Nigel? How do you get past them and go into the semi-finals? I'll let James go first. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I suppose there's two ways of looking at it. Um, can I do the defensive stuff first? Anything you want, yeah. James. I've spent a lot of today watching clips of Kyle Walker defending Kylian Mbappe. And in that regard alone... I think there is cause for a little bit of confidence. I mean, Gary Neville said it. I think James Madison said it as well. If you need a defender to defend Mbappe, it's Kyle Walker. He looks like he's just about up to speed after that injury. And, you know, he has had a go at defending Mbappe on three or four occasions before. And, you know, from the clips I've watched, he knows what to do. Show him down the line. You know, when you're doing that against PSG, it's less of a risky strategy because if Mbappe gets to the byline and Giroud's there at the near post, that's not ideal. But Walker has experience. He knows what he's doing. I think Mbappe himself said it was tough playing against Kyle Walker. He's got the pace. I mean, you could you could shut down Mbappe and still lose to France because Griezmann has been wonderful, great set-piece delivery and really yeah. dominant as a number 10. Dembele looks in great form. Giroud, we know, can pluck something out of nothing. But I think defensively, you start with, how do I stop Mbappe? Um, then in attack, I mean, you've got the weapons and you've got a good midfield, yeah. a midfield that can control games. And, and I think I would have the better of that French too, as much as Rabiot has proved me wrong and as, as excellent as Chouameni has been. I think if you can just do what you can to slow the French attack, you've got a good chance. It's going to be tough got, though. Question for you, James. Do you start Henderson? Yeah, I think you do. I think if, if nothing else, if he's on that right side of the midfield three, it's going to be a little bit different to how he would do it with an Alexander-Arnold. But he knows what he's doing, like dropping into those areas to offer a bit more protection. Um, and I wouldn't go back three, at least not from no. the start. I think Walker's good enough that you can trust him. I don't know. What you, what do you think? What would you do? Go on, Mike. I'll go after Mike. Yeah. Uh, I I see this game is going to come to, I say no back three. I, I say keep a back four. This is going to come down to two things. I think in midfield, if you're going to play Jordan Henderson, Jordan Henderson can cover so much ground. Yes, he got his goal and congratulations to him. We were all scratching our head thinking, what the hell is he doing in the game? This isn't a game for him. And we were proven wrong in an instant. So always kudos to the players when they react and prove everyone wrong. But this is a game where Jordan Henderson is going to have to do what he does for Liverpool in tight games, which is screen. Help Declan Rice if he's going to be fit. And, and just coming to you, James, and I don't know if, Nigel, you have any word on this. Is Rice healthy? Because I saw news of a potential illness. 
we sounds, don't know. Sounds okay. Depends. Sounds like it'll be okay. Bit of illness. Yeah, sounds like it'll be all right. Ago. Yeah. Well, go on, Edge. I was just going to say. Yeah, I was just going to say. For me, like I understand what James. My worry is this: England's defense. I understand Carl Walker's great defending against Mbappe. That was when the fit Carl Walker was playing. He's only played one game. It's the World Cup. We are still vulnerable defensively. That's my problem. I think he could do well against 45, 50, 60 minutes. This is a fully fit Mbappe going at him. I feel that also, we talk about Mbappe going against Carl Walker, but what about simple manageable tactics? Put him on the other side. What's England going to do? They're going to move Carl Walker onto the other side We're now? Mbappe against Shaw. <laughs> that's yeah, what I'm that's... saying. You just have to swap Mbappe side from Carl Walker. What are they going to do? Mbappe can play either side comfortably well and, and be a behind. problem and a danger. That's a, that's just simple tactics. You can just say, all right, cool. We'll put him on the other side. What are they going to do? If they move Carl Walker to the other side, that's going to be uncomfortable. Mm. If Mbappe comes in, there's so much that they can do. Like Michael said, I understand about, I always say this, this is my belief. I don't want to ever hear people talking about working hard, covering ground. That's the basic foundation that's needed for the modern day footballer. I think this game is going to go to the quality aspect. And like James said, we're seeing a very rejuvenated Griezmann now. And that's a scary thing. If they can get him the ball with how rejuvenated he is, that's another problem for England. And the final thing I want to make point I want to make is as well is we haven't been great defending set pieces. Mm-hmm. The French are dangerous on set pieces with the targets that they've got. That's going to be another worry for me, for England. And I think like what we talked about just the last game, how some of these countries are so have the luxury to rotate starting threes and this and that. We're heavily too reliant on having to play Harry Kane. We haven't done that. So I think that you're going to see a bit of tiredness from these England players, while the French, I feel, are going to have a better energy. And as James knows, the French hate the English. We've been around a lot of French people. They despise the English. <laughs> and the English everyone, hate the French. Everyone hates yeah, the, the, the French too. <laughs> well, the French feel that the English... Have, James probably could add to this quickly before my... The, English, the French boys I've played with and had dressing rooms with, they believe that the English are super arrogant and they can't stand the British press for how they ride up. <laughs> Nigel, what, Nigel what do the English think about the French, though? You tell us ah, what the yeah. English think about the French. On, on honestly, the English don't really pay too much attention Nonsense. about French football Absolute players like that. No, they don't. They don't. I'm yeah, telling they you. They don't. I mean, the English, English press do not criticise the French football players. They criticise French culture and French people more Didn't so. they call the Farmers League? But that's, no, but that's the point. Is that they don't, they don't that's think the worst criticism France. you could take. They don't think about French football. You know, obviously yeah. it's the joke, isn't it? Is that when Germany play England, the Germans go, wait, you hate us. We don't care about you. When yeah. France play England, the English go, wait, you hate us. We don't really care that much about you. They're, they're not the great role. Of course, you have Scotland as well, and France doesn't quite have that. But even then, I think <laughs> European-wise, if you said to English football fans... And there are very, you know, let's not go deep into why this is the case, go deep mm. into this hole. But if you said you can beat one continental European team to win a World Cup, who do you want to beat? Every, or the vast majority of England Germany. fans would want to beat Germany, not France. Yeah. So I think there's more of a thing that the French have, especially because they've exported so many of their players to England than than the English have over the French. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll even it out. The USMNT, we hate all of you. We hate all of you out yeah, of jealousy. Yeah, no idea. So we'll, <laughs> we'll keep it at that. I, I think this game <laughs> in the midfield, and I always go to the midfield uh, as former midfielders, Nigel, you and I were, but I always go to the midfield for this England team, a player who has been a star at this World Cup, a player who has the individual ability because he can play anywhere in midfield, Jude Bellingham. 
If he can get at Chuameni, his ability to ride tackles, his ability to be effective in transition, his, his ability, you saw it in the Bundesliga with Borussia Dortmund. You see it in the Champions League, and we get to watch him on Paramount Plus as well. But you see it when he plays. He is growing in his ability to take a game by the scruff of the neck. If he can ride one tackle, all it takes is one tackle on the counterattack. You saw it in the last game, his ability to make the right decision in the final third. I think that is the X factor for this England national team, this English attack, and out wide on the right-hand side, that is where the game is going to be made. In transition, how is Bakayo Saka going to come back and help? Bakayo Saka, Jordan Henderson, and Kyle Walker, they're going to have to stay so interconnected defensively as well as offensively. Kyle Walker, your job is simple. Do not go bombing forward with overlapping runs because you are setting it up on a plate for Kylian Mbappe to eat and feast like he's never been for or never have before. For Bakayo Saka, his play out wide when Teo Hernandez makes an overlapping run, underlapping run, that is where he will have his opportunity. The window of opportunity, the gap will be there. Now, will he finish like he's been finishing in the last couple of games? I think the midfield battle you mentioned is is obviously interesting because we're looking at some youngsters uh, really outshining right now in this World Cup. Jude Bellingham doing incredibly well and obviously Joe Many, we, we followed him so closely through the Champions League stuff. It's been phenomenal to watch his performances in this World Cup. But there's been some unlikely star step up for this France side that I was really surprised with. Um, Rabiot is playing really well right now. I, I am a big critic of Rabiot. I have never fancied Rabiot, even when he's made these big money moves and everyone's talking about him moving to the Premier League for some giant clubs and I'm thinking why I don't know why or what they see in this player but in this World Cup with these types of performances it has been really wonderful to watch him play the way he has been playing Griezmann you guys have talked about it I mean look at what's happening with a lot of these Atleti players they are playing freer than they have ever played before and they are enjoying their football and that is a scary thing having a happy and confident Antoine Griezmann is very scary for England now what I do think for England is that they will score a goal I don't think France can stop England from scoring England are just too dangerous. They're too dynamic. They need to be at their best. We obviously recognize that for them to get past France. But it's not unrealistic for England to put two or three goals past this France side. I really believe that Lloris has held France in this competition without conceding more goals. His individual performances have been sensational, all the way including that, that game against Australia in the last minute where he made that wonderful save off the kid. I mean, it's just incredible to see. And I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes from here now for France. I'm excited to see if they can get past England, if they can go on and reach the final. It'll be a lot of fun. One last point from Nigel before we get our predictions. Go. My thing quickly in is, one, I'm worried about England's fitness because of the players that have been picked and who haven't played enough consecutive games. It does catch up to you. Mm -hmm. You look at you guys talked about the midfield battle. Remember, France have the ability to bring on young Forfana, who's come on and done well. And he's another young French phenomenal talent that can come in there in that midfield and do fantastically well. England don't really have that luxury yet. Phillips, not Phillips. Fully fit. yeah, but not fully fit, James. We haven't even seen yeah, it yeah. in the Premier League, so it's a risk again. Um, like I said, I think there's so many things that can happen in this game that's going to be such a firecracker. But I just feel that fatigue and uncertainty on players' levels of fitness is going to play a part in England's downfall. Well, well, James, you made a great point there that there has been some rest for these players going into this game as well. There's been a considerable amount of days in between playing the last game and playing this game. And as there has been so many games, obviously saying a lot of shite right there when I mentioned about the young kid from Australia uh, getting his opportunity against Lloris. It wasn't him. It was obviously Poland against them. But at the same time, I want to get your predictions because a lot of people out there are jumping in right now believing that France are going to wipe the floor. Uh, England can't even beat the US men's national team, says Rafa. You just shout France, they cannot even beat Tunisia, says Neme. And 
then we've got England will win, of course. Stones will stop Mbappe. There are some comments coming in from a lot of people, including Rafa, who says that England being too arrogant to pay attention to France tells you everything you need to know about England. A lot of people criticizing, including Rafa, who says France three, England no. What says you, Nigel Rio Coker? I think it's going to be a tight game, but I just honestly feel that the, the French have too much for us right now where we're at and in what they can do. I would say it's going to end up 3-1 France. Hmm. Mike? And as you read in my mind, I think 3-1. I think because France with Mbappe, with Giroud, when they get one, they get two. And they score very quickly. It's like a, a team that keeps you in. They're competitive. And once that first goal goes in, there's a belief. There's a hunger about this French team that I don't think England can match. I do think England do get that goal. Hmm. James? I think England are a little bit more dynamic than we could give them credit for. And they are a better defensive team, I think, than Nigel has given them credit for. Although I understand. you know, But we have seen this England team can keep it tight. I could, I absolutely, they are, the guys are not wrong to pick France. I could pick France. However, you know, if it's going down to a coin flip, sometimes you may as well just do what you want. So uh, I'm going to say England win 2-1. I think that, I mean, it's a fair point. And I think that this could be a very close game. I think we see goals in this game. Hopefully we see goals in this game. I can see it being a 90 minute draw, maybe a 1-1 or a 2-2. And then you go to extra time and we get a winner. Let's hope we get a winner. I don't want to see England in penalty kicks at all. But I would um, I would say that I'm favouring France going through at the end of the day. I'm not sure what my scoreline would be, but I'm fancying a score, score draw after 90 minutes. Go ahead, Nigel. This would be so funny if Mbappe just plays on the other side. I would absolutely <laughs> piss myself with all this talk about Carl Walker. And Can you imagine Walker on the other side? But, I mean, you have imagine, to say the whole, imagine Walker the whole, chasing him. Their whole attack is built around. I mean, and I was looking at all the pass maps and everything today. They've structured their team so that Mbappe on the left has loads of players close yeah. to him, and it would be a big change to flip that to have Mbappe with a more just, defensive right back. Yeah, James, all remember those things, that famous you're changing Walker. a lot. No, I know, but remember that famous World Cup when I think I think it was the World Cup or the Euros when Nedved was still playing and he was like the top of the tree in Europe. And there you had people man mark Nedved and he just stood on the sideline and said, oh, What are you gonna do? And the defender just stood right next <laughs> to him, left acres of gas. Nigel, you've done that before. You've definitely man marked someone like that. But that's the problem when you pay too much attention to one player. Let's not forget Dembele is on fantastic form right now. Yep. Yeah, but he plays on the right. Maybe not against England. Maybe yeah. he switches over to the left. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> funny, man. All right, we got to move on. We got some comments coming in real quickly. Saeed saying Walker can't keep up with the pace of Mbappe. Pretty good comment right there. Uh, this one comes in from Saeed also. He says, Morocco will surprise again. Inshallah, with God's grace, mm. everything can happen. I'm supporting Morocco, the team that's tight, full of underrated players. Great for African soccer too. Absolutely, Matt. Well done. Um, yesterday's show, we really went into great detail about this Moroccan side. We're going to keep this quickly because I'm 15 minutes over the allotted time I was supposed to be going on with this preview show. Uh, Morocco against Portugal. Morocco have only let in one goal so far in this competition. That was an own goal. Uh, but when you watch a performance, James Ben, as we witnessed yesterday from Portugal, um, where does your head swing as far as what a favourite would be in this game? Because I'm actually leaning towards Portugal being a favourite here, but I yeah. don't want to bet against Morocco at all. Yeah, I'm completely with you. I would not be putting money on this. I do lean towards Portugal, but only only the Portugal team that doesn't have Cristiano Ronaldo in and that looks like it's enjoying <laughs> playing with each other like this one did. And I mean, God, weren't they absolutely phenomenal? I loved watching that team. 
just a breath of fresh air after all the rubbish that Fernando Santos has served us up so that Ronaldo could get two goals. <laughs> but Morocco are fantastic. You know, not just that they kept that clean sheet. They didn't give Spain any good chances until that Danny Olmo miss. I think that was the moment that Spain got above half an expected goal. So I'm not taking anything Morocco do, do for granted. And as I've said here, and we've all said so many times, just look at the players. Even if you, you know, a lot of times we talk about this as plucky underdogs with mm. a, a good system. This, these guys have got Masrawi and Hakimi at, at fullback. Sofian Amrabat, I think, is up there with the pl- oh, best players of the tournament. Class. There's quality right across this team. So I'm giving it to Portugal because <clears throat> Portugal have, you know, Bruno Fernandes, Bernardo Silva, Ruben Dias, all these players, but like 55 45 is where I'm at with, with making Portugal mm-hmm. favorites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, gosh, this is the one time I'm going to go against Africa. I, first of all, shout out to what Morocco has done defense, defense first. As I said it every time we've highlighted them, this is a team that likes to defend first and hit on the counter. But I go back to that Spain game. Spain had two golden opportunities the Gavi miss, where a commentator who will not be named had a shot at Lukaku during that game. But the Gavi miss, I think this is a Portuguese team that if you give them the two chances that Spain had, they bury them. If they don't have the killer instinct that Spain showed, then Morocco, the longer this game goes nil-nil, it tilts towards Morocco. They do have a very good goalkeeper in Banu. Saeed, Michael went against Africa. This commercial African hair on this podcast. Saeed, can't (laughs) believe that. Listen. When you look at Morocco play, Morocco play with the enthusiasm, the freedom and the love of old classic World Cup teams we have seen. The reason why we love the World Cup. There is going to be that freedom there. I agree with James. If if Portugal don't play Ronaldo, they have a great chance. They have a great chance because whether people can see it or not or choose to see it or not, Ronaldo is a distraction in this team. He makes the players' dynamic and freedom completely change to be Ronaldo-centric, which disrupts this team. Ramos, fantastic form, great player. Jal Felix, we talked about how he's playing. But Morocco is not just playing for Morocco. Gabriel Jesus calling you there. (laughs) Go ahead, Nigel, sorry. Morocco is not just playing for Morocco. They are playing for the continent of Africa. The whole of Africa, apart from Michael, is back in Morocco. And I feel, just for me, with how they are playing, with the passion, the commitment... And what I've seen, and James has named some of the top players in their team, and they've been absolutely sensational. I'm going to go 51% Morocco to win this. I'm going to go for Morocco to cause the upset against the Portuguese. I'm telling you. I would have gone that way as well, Nigel, until I watched Portugal yesterday. And then (laughs) it made me realise Portugal are a better team without Cristiano Ronaldo as far as team, as far as a group, as far as how competitive they are. I mean, they, they made... Switzerland look very ordinary. I mean, they made them look terrible, actually, with the way that they performed. Um, I, I just think that this Morocco side with the, the, the fans in attendance, with the atmosphere in their favour, I mean, they could have been playing that game in Morocco. It could have been Casablanca. It could have mm-hmm. been, like, home crowd all over this game because every single touch, every single attack, you felt the energy. And even blasting through your speakers, it was pretty special to see that. Can Portugal handle that situation? Can their players step up? Can these youngsters step up? And, you know, you have a great performance, obviously, against Switzerland from Gonzalo Ramos. Can he do it again in a big game against a team that doesn't concede many goals? 
there's big questions to be asked about this one. This one might be another close game. I mean, I thought they made Spain, in my opinion, look vulnerable. They attacked Spain. They didn't just sit back and defend. They attacked with pace. They attacked with ferocity. They didn't care who they were playing against. And I don't think they're going to care once again who they're playing against when they go up against Portugal. Nigel, give me your prediction, please. It's going to be tight again. I think all these games are going to be very tight. I'm just going to go for 2-1 Morocco win. Michael. Oh, man. Oh, man. I see this going to penalty kicks again. I think Portugal score first. I think Morocco equalized to make it 1-1. And then, God, it pains me to do this. Portugal win the penalty kicks. I'm sorry, Morocco. James. You taught me around, Nigel. And you know what? Again, we're at that stage where if you can't make your mind up, just pick what you want to happen and maybe you're helping it along, along the way. Let's say 2-1 um, to Morocco after mm. extra time. I think Portugal will be too good for this Moroccan side yeah. at the end of the day. If Portugal turn up and play on the day, then great. But Morocco, if they can grab a grip of this game early on, this is going to be a very close game. And the boys might be right. We could be seeing a, vi a victory for Morocco and another victory for African soccer once again. Uh, great stuff, boys, as always. Before we get out of here, uh, Nigel, there was a great comment coming in from Ant-Man. You wanted to reflect <laughs> on that? I just had to. I just, it just caught my eye. I'm sorry. <laughs> can you read it for us, Nigel, please? I can't read, never went to school. <laughs> <laughs> With the US men's national team out, it's beating down the American time. Doesn't matter who our team beats. Doesn't matter how many millions of Americans grew up playing the game. We are genetically inept at this sport. Just get better coaches out, man, and you'd be all right. Oh, from man. someone who was born in this country, I can tell you that, um, yes, the sport has obviously mm. got a battle to so be. You can say that you're Genetically inept. <laughs> oh, jeez. Listen, James, there's a lot of things I could say in this podcast that I'm saving for the after hours. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, listen, obviously, great stuff as always from everybody out there. Thank you so much to everyone for jumping in the comments. Really fantastic um, to see everybody getting involved in the show as much as they possibly can. You can go follow all of our guys on social media as well. Nigel, not so much active on Twitter or Instagram, but he is there and he is available. Michael, very active. And James, obviously, with the great work that he does for CBS Sports, go read his articles um, online just outstanding work from James Bench one of the best if not the best out there as far as reporting on the beautiful game we appreciate you all boys thank you so much and we appreciate everybody out there for watching and thank you also for listening to House of Champions please make sure you take a minute to leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform we're available on Apple Podcasts Spotify Stitcher and anywhere else you listen to your podcast we're also available as video so subscribe to us on YouTube we're back at it again on Friday quick deal for the boys Nigel Rio Coker pointing to the p plus offer code to get 50 percent right. off your p plus subscription you can go ahead and click the qr code right there and uh, make sure you jump in to everybody out there we appreciate you thank you so much for jumping on board with the house of champions we'll be back on friday we cannot wait for the quarterfinals to begin and i cannot wait for england to get knocked out see you then Bastard. <laughs>